I'm Jamie O'Kane, CPA, small business advanced tax planning and compliance extraordinaire. And this is the Abundant Beans Podcast, the podcast that takes my love for learning what makes people tick while digging into the good, bad, and ugly of small business ownership. We strive to give you the insight that only those in the trenches of being and working with entrepreneurs can provide. All right. Um, today on the podcast, we have Brandy Bernowski. Did I say that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, good. Uh, Brandy uh, is a digital strategist, website de- developer, and founder of Alchemy and AIM. That is not a word I say very easily. And North Star Sites, companies that help entrepreneurs and business owners elevate their online presence and enhance their digital experience. She's an advocate for using technology in ways that humanize, connect, and serve people as well as for asking deeper philosophical questions and teaching others to think more broadly about impact uh, on what they create, particularly in the STEAM fields. Brandy is a natural connector and business matchmaker who is always working to help others step into their genius work and leverage the experience of those around them to achieve new levels of success and community along the way. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. We're excited to have you. Yeah. Uh, first question first. It's always yes. the same. What was your first job? Uh, my very first job. I mean, besides like babysitter, I was actually working for a Broadway promoter. Like I managed to get this job when I was 14. Um, I was actually in a, in a play with a friend of mine who had the job prior to me and she, uh, passed it to me. So, I mean, like, honestly, not very glamorous. I was working at her home and I would get to do things like call companies about tickets and like newspapers and place ads at 14, which is crazy. Um, but then I'd also do like super glamorous things like fold socks. So it was a little bit of everything. It was assistant to Broadway promoter. Um, but it was, you know, it certainly, I I was heavily involved in theater at the time. So it was a kind of a great look into, um, just another marketing aspect of the theater world that I had never been exposed to before. That's really interesting. How does that, how does that translate to what you do now? Um, I don't know if it directly translates to what I do now. I mean, seriously, like there's the connection between being in marketing now, you know, doing websites and then having been in marketing then. Um, But I do think it taught me at a very early age how to get comfortable talking to people who were older than me Mm -hmm. or just in different life circumstances than me. I was a very, very shy kid. So um, being pushed outside of my normal comfort zone especially getting on like cold. It wasn't even a cold call. Like they knew who the the promoter was. It was really just her office calling their office. Um, but it was a little, it was a little nerve wracking at the time. So it, it definitely just kind of got me into like the flow of doing it a little afraid. Yeah. Um, you know, and us introverts, we're always afraid when we have to be, Oh yeah. Forever and always. Every single time. I know people are like, are you going to call the IRS for me? And I'm like, yeah, maybe Friday. I don't yeah. really know. Can I put it off a few days? <laughs> uh, but usually it's like, well, I know I'm going to be on hold for 12 hours. So it's like, when do I have a block of time yeah. to actually sit on hold? Um, so give us the cliff notes um, on your career journey. Uh, so it's a little windy. Um, I went and got a bachelor's of fine arts in theater from NYU, minored in physics and math, got another bachelor's thereafter in physics, philosophy, and religion, started blogging during my, my time at Rutgers university. And it was 
during that time blogging that I started teaching myself to code Mm. and went into a PhD program for philosophy of science, decided to drop out of the PhD program, um, did some work at a nonprofit doing earth science education for NASA, was coding secretly on the side all along the way, um, and finally realized that I had just enough work with the, the website development piece to actually do it freelance. And I, as much as I loved doing the earth science work and like really felt that there was a lot of value around that being in a office all day and not, and like, it's particularly for me being at a metal desk, like there was something that was very non-organic about the environment Mm -hmm. and I just needed to get out. So, um, yeah, I just eventually realized like I had just enough skills to, to make it as a freelancer and quit my job, <laughs> um, started a, my business. I didn't even know you needed things like a business license when you started business. Most people don't. But, no, they don't, but you know, did it and learned a lot along the way. And so I grew, I started that about, oh, oh gosh, eight years ago now as a freelancer and have had a team for the last six years or so. That's awesome. I love it. So, um, I want to talk about, um, you know, we can talk about websites and, you know, why people need websites, but I think most importantly is, you know, what are the biggest opportunities business owners are missing online? Um, I really think that if you are not putting yourself really out there, Mm -hmm. you are missing a huge opportunity to connect with people. And I think we want that more now than ever before. Um, the, the more the brand founder has a story and that story's out there, mm-hmm. the more human a brand is, the more we want to do business with them. And that doesn't mean that you have to show every aspect of your life online. It simply means that you need to show up as a human being interacting with other real human beings. You know, mm-hmm. like these are real human beings. They're not data points. Right. Um, and I think treating people like real human beings and crafting an experience for them as human beings is essential. And I think if you're trying to do something different than that, you are missing a real opportunity to build relationships, not just like get transactions from people, but actually to build long lasting relationships where people will always drive back to you, no matter whether it's, you know, you've got a brick and mortar store or you're online for a period of time or whatever, when they form that relationship with a company they love, they will come back over and over again, and they will refer you to like to beyond really. So, yeah. Um, it's interesting. Um, we just did a whole new website for our business. Um, our, let me put the website and the podcast and the firm together and they were not yep. together before. Um, and, um, trying to create a accounting firm website that doesn't look like an accounting firm <laughs> website was, well, the bar is low. So let's yeah. start there. <laughs> yeah. And it is with accounting firms, yes. but there's a lot of default, right? So there's a lot of default to, you know, talking about taxes or there's a lot of default mm-hmm. to doing, you know, in-person video instead of like, um, on our website, we have an animated video. Um, and they were like, but you're an accounting firm. We should do, you know, in-person. And I'm like, no, I want to do whatever is opposite. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> of what's expected, right? Um, for a purpose, but the big thing being we're not your normal accounting firm. Therefore, I don't want to look like a normal accounting firm. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's still hard to like how how do you help people be more 
it's really about being authentic, right? Yeah. And being okay with being authentic. Like, I think people have a hard time, um, not, not like putting up their, you know, their, their, their best face or like fronting or, you know, trying to be more professional than they probably are in real life. Yeah. <laughs> um, so how do you, how do you coach people through that? And it's just really, it's an yeah, interesting. I think it is. And I think it's a lot about, um, getting to the core of who they are and mm-hmm. just reminding them that they don't have to do things the way that other people have done them. And sometimes mm-hmm. it's more, you're going to have sometimes more success in being the outlier mm-hmm. and being the, the oddball out there than you are following the rest of the pack in what you do. Yeah. Um, and so I, I very often like one of the biggest places is, it comes up with is social media. So I've got people yeah. who come to me and they're like, okay, and then I need an Instagram feed and, and this and this and this. And I'm like, to just check in, are you actually on all of these social media channels? And they're like, well, no, no, but that's, that's where I have to be. Like, that's the way I've been told. And the reality is, is that you don't have to do anything the way someone else has done it. Mm -hmm. And it is so much more important. And frankly, I think it serves for your business's growth and scale and success. If you are doing things that you enjoy that align with who you are, that align with where you want to be more so than just doing it the way that this other person in your industry has also done it. Like does not have to happen. You are you. I've, I've been told so many times, um, in the past, they're like, Oh, but um, you know, if you're, if you're starting out a website, then you need to have a, uh, a virtual free offer that people opt into, and, and then you nurture them on your newsletter list. And I'm like, actually, I personally am so much more of a relationships person. I want to nurture them on email, like direct emails for me, like for me to an individual person, mm-hmm. I'm back again. Like, I want to know that person. I want to be friendly with them. I want to know what their struggles are. Like, I want to nurture relationships like that, not in a mass way. I'm not saying emailing is a, you know, e-newsletters are bad things. They're great things. But personally, I've, I just have chosen, you know, up to this point to work on like my networking and relationships in a different way. Doesn't mean I won't add in future pieces as Mm -hmm. I am so called to do, Mm -hmm. but I feel like people start to put too much on them at the beginning. And sometimes it's just in the process of the website. It's just checking in with them of like, is this really working for you? And is it, giving you energy or is it taking energy away from you? I think that's the best check as a business owner of like, is something really working or not? Because if it's draining you, it's probably a drain on the finances too, in some way, shape or form. Totally. Or, you know, it's a, when we, when we're doing things that like, we don't really want to be doing, like it's, it's an energy drain too. So you're not, you know, whatever you need to do next or whatever, like, I love podcasting. I love doing this, but I also realize that this is not my default behavior. (laughs) (laughs) My default behavior is not to be out in the world like this. And so I have to build in time to, to recover Yeah, or like ways to take care of myself so I can continue to do this. I love it, but it still takes my energy and it can be both. Yeah, it can be both. It can be both. Um, but I, you know, I give this podcast my energy because I love doing it, but that doesn't mean it's the best energy, you know, the best, you know, the easiest way for me to expend energy because it's not, you know, I love talking to people. I love getting to know their stories. I love putting this out into the world for the, for people, but that, that doesn't mean I'm hopping up, hopping up on Twitter and I'm going to go do some lives. Like 
it's just not going to happen. I know somebody I, for the longest time, um, you know, we kept talking about TikTok. You need to be on TikTok, you know, start TikTok. I literally yeah. downloaded TikTok, watched a couple of things. And I was like, I can't, what, yeah. what no, <laughs> I podcast. This is what yeah. I do. It's just the, this is the thing. This yeah. is it. I think it's, it, you've got to know what you do, but I, then it, I also think, you know, you need to be willing to experiment a little bit to discover if, if there's something out there for you. So it's like, exactly being willing to at least download TikTok, check it out, yeah. feel out the water a little bit before, you know, if, if it's a full, you know, no, go with that. Like <laughs> yeah. you don't have to like really twist your arm 17 times to make yourself do it. An amazing, a friend of mine, um, he, he does TikTok videos. He's a tax professional and he does TikTok videos and he is amazing at it. He is hilarious. He like, he has like two or three characters he plays. Like one of them, he puts the towel on his head. It is hilarious every single time I watch his TikTok because he's hilarious and he's accurate, but it's just makes me laugh. Um, but I'm just like, this is just not, that's not me. Like you know, like this is what he does. And I just, I, I admire him for that, but he also has just stuck to video. Yeah. Like he moves some stuff over to YouTube, but that's it. Like he just like hopped platforms with what he was already doing. Right. And I was just like, that is how we do this. We pick kind of one thing, especially we're business owners. How much time do we have to be exactly Instagramming and TikToking and LinkedIn-ing and twittering all at the same time yeah oh and don't forget you know some people have families too that they have to worry about so i was like maybe you should give up twitter and and uh hang with the kids you know like maybe go to dinner maybe make yeah hang out yeah have dinner with yeah take a spa day too oh don't tease me right now brandy It's the middle of tax season. That's just a tease. I'm actually taking some time off next week. It's my birthday next week. So oh, birthday. take a day off. I'm excited. Um, so let's talk. I have all these questions because I did some and Emily did some and we're everywhere. Um, so let's talk about, um, so you said, you know, humanizing. So we're talking about humanizing, um, humanize humanizing connections and creating a relationship how do we do Mm -hmm. that digitally so i think it's kind of in the small subtle ways and it's Mm -hmm. really about how do they connect with you and what's the quality of the connection so for example um i want to have really deep meaningful conversations when i get on a call with someone i don't want to ask them you know do you have a current website do you like your current website that can be handled by an intake form that they fill out before they get to me. So in that case, it's like looking at how can you leverage connection and like technology so that you're, you're using the technology to gather data about the person, information about them, questions that they need to answer so that you can then review those answers and have the more meaningful conversation. Like that's like the simplest example I can think of. Like even, um, one of my clients right now, um, he, he actually works with financial planners in the UK and he has a program and a membership site. And we were talking about just adding a simple little like chat bot on his site. The goal of the chat bot really isn't anything beyond getting them to have, get on a call with him, getting some very basic information from them. 
and getting them on a call with him so he can connect with them directly and find out exactly what's going through their heads. You know, it's, it's not about like, oh, you're going to have a fake conversation with someone. No, it's, it's really just about utilizing a cute little piece of technology so that they can, he can lead them to the real deep connection and, and that, and that opportunity to spend time together. So I think it's just, it's out there and it's like looking for those ways and understanding your customers and clients and how they're interacting with your content or searching Mm -hmm. and taking that into consideration when you build. I think that's really interesting. Yeah. It's funny. I get in the tax world, we get a lot of inquiries. I think all of us do. I know all of us do. And it's just Mm -hmm. like, um, okay, uh, can you do my tax returns? And we're all just like, I don't yeah. know. <laughs> what do you got? <laughs> you know, like, yep. um, and then asking it like, and I always like what I tell my mentor is like, don't trust what the client says, you know, cause they're always going to say their returns are easy. Then why aren't you doing them themselves? Question yeah. one. Um, but they don't know what they don't know about what they have. Mm-hmm. Right. Our code is so complex <laughs> that they just don't know what they don't know about what they have. So, you know, like I'm never going to ask a client. So how would you like difficulty rank your own tax return? Yeah. Like no one would be ever be able to answer that. Right. That would be like you asking somebody like, how good are you at coding? Yep. (laughs) (laughs) Zero, zero at all. (laughs) Um, so, you know, trying to get some information from people so we can actually have, and I love that those deeper conversations, we actually do paid discovery calls for lots of reasons, but the big one is, mm-hmm. is I want people to upload their tax returns for me so I can actually see what's going on, you yeah. know, so I can actually find solutions tax-wise for them. Um, and it's, 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 it's a hard, kind of a hard sell. It's really interesting. So, yeah. but I'm always like, okay, well, you know, upload or don't. <laughs> and that's exactly the thing. It's just like, and, and again, even the technology that you're using for them to upload it, like that leverages that ability to then look at the data, better connect with them and be like, yeah. Hey, here's what's really going on. Yeah. And it's that real-time sharing. I mean, we mm-hmm. use mostly cloud-based apps, um, for lots of reasons, but the big reason is it's real time. Yep. You can upload stuff to me. You don't have to mail it. All the changes in the world. I know it's crazy. And then we can do things on zoom call. Like I can finish your tax return and then like talk to you in like five minutes. Yep. And it'll be fresh. And then I can make changes in real time and send it over for you to sign. Mm -hmm. Like you don't have to come in. You have to get a car. You have to drive across town. You have to drive across the country. Come see me. (laughs) You know, we can do all those like rote tasks. Yep. You know, easily by just clicking links which I love. Not everybody loves that, but I love it because it just takes, you know, the work out of it. I had to send back a return of some items today and I didn't have tape to put the label on. And so I had to go get tape to put the label. Yep. (laughs) I was like, services are so much better. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I could just click a link and get pay or get refunded or whatever. Mm -hmm. It's crazy. Um, so what's the difference between a digital experience and a digital and digital presence? So digital presence is what most people think they need, which is just like, oh, if I put a website up, everyone will show up and like, I hang a shingle. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Like it just, it, I'll, I'll build it and people will magically show and, 
Um, I just need to throw up some information about what I'm offering. And the reality is, is that we are so much more advanced than that at this point that worked 10 years ago, really well today. It really is, you know, we're looking for the people, the companies, the, the websites that make us feel like we're engaging with them in some way, shape or form that, um, that are crafting an experience. So it's, it's about, I always think of digital experience as like, how do you bring yourself into the the digital world so mm-hmm. that people get some sort of like piece of you there? Even, I mean, it can be as simple as the writing, you know, having a funny 404 page. If you're a funny person, if you are a dry, sarcastic, humorous, you know, sort of person mm-hmm. in that way, make the 404 page that. And if, you know, you're witty and, um, you know, want to give them a different taste, like it really just is about bringing yourself to the site and finding those little ways that you can inject a little bit of the unexpected mm-hmm. into the way people are interacting with their website. So they begin to feel like they're having this experience of not just your offering or, you know, your, your company, but of you as well. And that obviously differs depending on how big your brand is and mm-hmm. how big the company is. But I feel like even when you get to these larger companies, there's still kind of like a company persona almost mm-hmm. with it that like, there's going to be a way you talk to people in a way that you care for them. And I think that's what we're looking for is not just people who are slapping up their services, but someone who like people and companies who are guiding us through a process. And they say, I've got you mm-hmm. here, are the steps we're going to go on together. And it's, it's going to get you to this point when we're done working together. Oh, that's, man. that's what we want. And that's what we're buying. Right. We're not buying the product. We're buying the result. I, you had me thinking of, I did the skincare website the other day. Um, and, um, like it asks you all these different questions, mm-hmm. you know, and it's gathering data as it goes like location and things yeah. like that. Right. Cause it's, cause it's, it's putting your form, it's like formulating based on where you live and how kind of water you have and all of that. Um, so you just had me thinking of like, how do we like how, you know, that's, I just thought, I just think I thought, I always think those are fun. Like the quiz ones, Yeah, it's like, here, let's find the best solution for you or the best experience for you or, you know, whatever. You exactly. At the end, they're going to want your email. Right. And yeah. they're going to want us, they're going to send you a coupon yep. and then you can order the stuff. <laughs> exactly. And they're right? guiding you through an experience and yeah. you know, you're going to get like, you know, the experience you're taken through even online is going to translate to what arrives at your door. Right. Too. It would be horrifying if you had this glorious online experience and then you got this like mangled package, you know, that, that had like, you know, that kind of like looked like it came from, I don't even know, some sort of like foreign country, you know, it got lost in the UPS, like it somehow just like magically traveled the world. And then, you know, years later (laughs) arrived at your door. Like you want that experience to be coherent from whether it's you know, in person with, with packaging or a delivery or anything like that to, to the online piece. It's just, it, it needs to extend in all directions these days. You got, you got my wheels turned in over here. <laughs> I now want to create an estimated tax savings bot. <laughs> yeah. Oh my I, gosh. I totally want to do that. Um, cause I can guess on some of that stuff, like some of that, like there's kind of a range. So, um, yeah, actually totally want to do that on the website because I think that would be super helpful. Cause that's, we do things differently. 
we yeah. do tax planning first and that's just so different a different way to interact with your CPA to like to begin with or like to start the relationship. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, actually giving people some like idea upfront of how much we can save them and then like really getting like to the nitty gritty on the back end. Um, yep. cause I've, cause I've been trying to figure out like, how do we, you know, what do we create so that people can kind of do some of this upfront work that I do, like they can divide for me, like, you know, they can do yeah. some of this, you know, and then the conversation on the back end will be so much better because they've already kind of seen those words or understood the words or, you know, it's something that we've already kind of introduced to them potentially. Absolutely. So I've been like kicking that around forever, but now, um, yep, this is what we're doing. <laughs> my poor web designer she's gonna be so mad at me all right <laughs> um so can we can can we do a quiz <laughs> yeah of course you guys like yep I guess I'll figure out how to make that work um but I just love that yeah I think um like there's this other website I I ordered from the other day and like their web website like it's a it's athletic wear because that's all I order anymore mm-hmm. um like the colors don't change like you click on another yeah. color and then you have to wait five minutes. You don't know if you've actually clicked on it. Like, do you mm-hmm. need to click again? But then yeah. if you click again, it's just going to start reloading from the start again. Yeah. There's like no interactive features. And again, bad experience. Like that's just yeah. bad user experience. Forget yeah. about like digital experience overall. Like that's just like, hey, you forgot. We need to know if we've actually been successful. Yeah. Or if you have a product and it doesn't actually, you can't actually filter things. Mm -hmm. That drives me absolutely crazy. Like let me through the 400 pages of (laughs) t-shirts that you have. It's like, can I buy size? Color? Category? Anything would be great. I, I have to say, I think filters are essential on so many websites today. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, e-commerce, yes, unless you have a very, very small e-commerce shop. Mm-hmm. Um, but I even love it on like, you know, content too. I was going to say like blogs, podcasts, podcasts. Yeah. Um, because it just, it kind of gives people some parameters of like, oh, here's what's possible. Here's what's potentially, you know, been written and what this is about. Mm-hmm. Um, but let's you get down to kind of like really what you're looking for in a way that sometimes attempting to type in single or even, you know, more than one search term, right. um, doesn't always allow you to do, especially if we're like, not sure what we're looking for. Oh, right. Yeah. Like I'm looking for somebody that maybe talks about like websites. Is that websites or is it marketing or is it advertising or what do we, how do I, yeah, <laughs> how do I how get do filter? How do I get to that, to that thing? Right. Mm-hmm. That's really interesting. Um, yeah. Um, I was just like, sometimes I'll just be like, okay, website. Well, apparently you and I can't be friends and I can't buy things from you because, yeah. um, I don't know how to, um, it's too much work on your behalf as a especially customer. Especially if it's on mobile. Yeah. Like I shop on mobile. Most people do, I think anymore. Um, because that's where I am when I'm in the Facebook and then the Facebook takes me to yep. the thing. And then your website sucks. And I'm like, you're going to make me go to an actual computer. But then if I do that, I'm going to start working again. So Mm -hmm. I'm not doing that. Um, And yeah, I think that's, and I think especially as people like really do work from home more, um, you know, our personal spaces and our business spaces are really similar. So if your website or if your mobile is not working, people are not going to buy from you because they don't want to go to the actual computer because there's work there. Exactly. And, and well, you also just want to be done with the computer when you're done with the computer. Like there's also that mental separation that you need, 
if you are working from home, I'm like, I certainly need it. Um, that you, I mean, honestly, I, once I'm done, I don't even want to be on any device, let alone my phone. So you've, if you've got it, when you've got someone, you've got to make sure you have them and that it works easily for them. Sorry. <laughs> oh man. All right. Um, I want to talk about how, especially in my industry, this is a huge conversation, you know, how we move the in-person interactions to, to digital. I mean, we kind of talked about some of those things, um, but in industries where like people are really like used to just like sitting down and having their tax returns done, um, I've never done it that way, but a lot of the people in my industry do that, mm-hmm. th- that way, um, you know, what are the key pieces in making sure it's still personal and it's still relationship-based? I mean, I, I still like easiest thing, honestly, is to actually see people's faces to like be on video with them. And mm-hmm. I, like zoom has been one of my favorite tools. I don't get paid by them or anything, but like, they really have been one of my favorite tools to be able to interact with people, show people things. Um, there's other tools out there that are really interesting and cool to use as well. Um, but I think just honestly, like first thing is just actually having face-to-face conversation, not using just a call networking system that only allows you to look at documents and, you know, little avatars, but actually to be seeing people's faces and seeing their reactions. I also think that's what allows you to be more emotive and empathetic, you know, with people like to really connect with them in a different way. Um, And then, yeah, just showcase that stuff. And I, I think it's just, again, like there too, it's even crafting the experience of like, the reminders they get, like the little, like, you know, subtle, like, Hey there, like, uh, however it is that you talk and you interact with people mm-hmm. that goes into those reminders that goes into, you know, the presentation that goes into, to the background even, um, so that you're really showing who you are and how you're supporting them in every little piece of things that you do. Like what's the follow-up, you know, I think even more important sometimes than the reminders are the follow-ups that we have Mm. and like just making sure that it's not some sort of automated mess, but that it's, um, it's, it's got some level of personality to it. So my all caps action required. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes those are necessary. Um, it's actually funny. So we actually started and I've never, I mean, we've always like sent our clients their tax returns and been like, okay, look over and like yeah. prove it for us. But this year I've started doing reviews with our clients. We just set up half hour. We, you know, we do it. And a couple of my clients are like, wow, that was like the funnest time I've ever had being told I owe taxes. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, well, A, you already knew you owe taxes. And they're like, well, yeah, yeah I didn't know because <laughs> we already told you this, but it was, I was just laughing. I was like, well, I'm glad I can, you know, make it as fun as possible. <laughs> Yep. You get to come hang out with me for a half hour and we'll talk about tech stuff. Exactly. <laughs> there was just like, yeah, we're just here to hang out with you. And I'm like, okay, cool. Well, that's the whole purpose. <laughs> and then I get to like learn what's going on with their businesses or if there's anything else they need. Um, and it's just been, it's just been a, it's been a really good way for us to just really kind of check in with our clients, mm-hmm. you know, like they will come to us with questions because that's how we roll. But to just be like, have you thought about yeah. this? What about that? What about, you know, what's going on with this, that, and the other thing? And they'll be like, oh, well, I meant to do that. Or maybe I really should look into that or, you know, 
because we're dealing with PPP loans and, you know, just a bunch of other programs right now that are potential, you know, cash for our clients to help them continue to survive. Um, and, you know, when I get to sit down and have these conversations with them, then it's, you know, they're like, oh, you know, maybe I really should. I, I was kind of thinking about that, you know? So again, it's just like, how do we, how do we help them better? And a lot of it is that face-to-face Zoom calls. I love yeah. Zoom calls. And I think you have to be curious with people. Yeah, definitely. Like what's going on? How are things going? Yeah. yeah. Um, and that's just it too, is I usually come into these conversations like, um, okay, we're going to talk for 20 minutes and I'm going to show you your tax return and then we're out, <laughs> Yep. <laughs> you know? Um, but it's just a really good way to check in. Mm-hmm. Um, we use loom also I'll do a loom. Oh, I use a lot of loom. Yeah, I love it. We do a lot of loom. Um, just to, you know, well, we, you know, we use the to walk through processes or to yeah. you know, kind of teach each other how to do stuff, but we also do it client facing. Yeah. Um, but like, here's how you do this. Yeah. Just like little clarifications go so far when you're showing on, on video. And again, like on loom too, I love that you can have your little face, like your video actually of you saying these things to them. So again, it feels automatically more personal than just, you know, an email with screenshots or even just a standard video. Like I, sometimes if I'm not in the mood to put my video up, I'll just put like my like little photo there. Just so you know, they're talking, I'm a real human being and I care about them. And like, I do this because I am, I do care about them and their business. Yeah. Um, my web designer likes to send these like 20 minute looms though. <laughs> she's like, okay. Oh, no. She's like, here's the, here's the TRDL. I'm like, thank you. Yes. <laughs> she's like, I know you just want to make decisions. And then so I'll just yeah. like fast forward to the parts. I love her dearly, but I just fast forward to the parts where I'm like, where do I need to make a session? Okay. Like right, right there. Yeah. Or am I just like, can I, can, can we just make an appointment and I can just, yeah. <laughs> just move on. Um, but yeah, we'll do looms, you know, to walk through tax returns or like if something's not right or like we're trying to teach them something, um, or we're walking through something and somebody else needs to watch it later. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, it's so powerful. I'm super visual. Like if you give me yeah. the audio and the visual, then generally I can like figure out what needs to happen. Um, yep. And I think a lot of people are like that too, especially when we're talking about like accounting concepts or how to do stuff in QuickBooks or whatever. It's like, let me just, let me show you. And then you can listen to me ramble. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> on the back end. Um, but it's much, it saves all those, a lot of questions, a lot of the time too, or clarifications needed because like they can watch me do it as many times as they need to, or watch us do it however many yeah. times they need to. Um, and my general, go ahead. Yeah. My general rule of thumb with loom though, I would say is that if it's, it shouldn't be over five minutes unless it's a process. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Agreed. If you're tempted to go over five minutes, it probably needs to be a meeting. <laughs> totally. So Unless like, it's a process. Like if it's something that someone needs to like go through again in the future and yes, processes can be longer than five minutes, but otherwise I like super short ones that just like clarify the point that you need to clarify. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Or it's just like, here's how you do this yeah. thing. This one thing, yep. um, maybe two. Um, yep. Yeah. I try to keep them under, well, usually 10 minutes. Usually I'm like, wow, I talked a lot and I'll cut like Spice it down. (laughs) Just spice down just a little bit, which y'all can do in Loom. Did you know that? That's that's a good Loom feature. It's really easy. Um, There's lots of fun ones in there. I know. I love Loom. And now they're doing captions too. Mm -hmm. Yep. I'm all about captions. I watch all TV shows on captions because I'm trying to knit at the same time. Yep. I'm like trying to listen and watch and knit at the same time. And I was just like, thanks for the words. It just helps. 
All right. Um, so let's talk about um, let's talk about steam fields. Yeah. Um, and um, what what's missing from steam right now? Um, and what needs to be happening with steam education? And so steam is stem with an A. Yes. Right? So science, so science, technology, engineer, arts, arts, mathematics. And so they added the arts piece, which I think is really important. I think, you know, obviously the best, um, like science, technology, engineering, you know, like the more technical it is, the more important it is, I think for creativity to come into play, mm -hmm. even when it comes to communication and things like that. So, I mean, first of all, I think communication should be added <laughs> Like, I think communication is everything these days. And I remember my time people in the E, do we know that can't, they're very bad communicators. Yeah, <laughs> it's, 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 um, learning how to discuss your ideas with other people, particularly people who are not in your field mm -hmm. is challenging. And I think it's, it's a challenge that everyone should have to take as they're going into these fields. Cause it is just so crucial that you can actually articulate for the general population, like what your study is about and like, what, what does it mean? Because people don't always know how to get out and dissect the information for themselves. So I think being able to really communicate the information, um, when I was doing my, my PhD work, I spent a lot of time thinking about like, how am I going to take the things I write and make them applicable for the general public so that there's interest being generated. Mm -hmm. That's apparently not what I was supposed to be thinking in a PhD program, it turns out, but it, like there was more focus on like, here's the internal community within the university system. And that's, I, but I was like, no, 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 but I wanna think about the general public. And like, I, I don't wanna write a paper that is solely accessible by a handful of people who have studied this, you know, for years. I want this to be something that's more accessible. And I think, we really need to think beyond the fields we're in and like, what's the impact? So I've always, I've been a big believer in like, you need to think about the philosophical and, and really societal and like the impacts that your work is going to have. It, mm. Yes. Follow your curiosity, but understand where, where it may tie in with other fields, where it may be useful in a global perspective. Mm -hmm. And I think we're missing something when we remain siloed. It's one of the reasons I like that they added arts to, you know, from STEM to STEAM is because it, it makes it feel a little less siloed. And I think the less siloed you can be, the more um, impactful really that, that any work that you do in these fields is going to have. So it's, it's just about bridging, yeah. really bridging between fields and then bridging to the general population as well and making yeah. it something that they can grasp really. I think it's interesting. Um... As somebody who is obviously good with math and data, uh, who's very left-brained or right-brained, I don't even know which one it is anymore. All we, we, it's all art though. Like, yeah. and, and, that's, yeah. and that's the thing that like has really been kind of eye-opening to me because I'm raising a boy and a girl um, because there's a lot of like cultural societal, like boys are good at math and engineering and girls are good at language arts. Like it's all like, problem solving it's all yeah. like you have to be creative and have data right so mm -hmm. um you know using both sides of my brain is where I excel right we use we do tax planning like if that's not art I don't know what is um because we take data <laughs> data points in the tax code to somebody's goals and we create something that works yeah. for them right so it's emotional it's you know 
based on data. Like it's, it's all these things. Um, and that's when I'm working on working on my highest and best is when I can create things with my, the things I know and the things I, where we want to go. Right. And so it is very interesting to me because I do it all. It's all art is math. Yeah. Right. It is. Um, and so really just kind of changing the narrative around kind of the left brain, right brain stuff as well, because I'm sure engineers make emotional decisions. You know, it's not oh, yeah. always just math. I'm married to one. I know he does. So, <laughs> you know, they have to do gut feeling too, because they, they're taking their data and they're saying, this is not the right answer. Right. Mm-hmm. So, you know, marrying and kind of marinating all those things together, um, is really, it, it's, it's the new, new frontier of making sure that, yeah. you know, also we can have some gender balance, some sex balance in, you know, in these fields, my daughter goes to a STEM school. It's mostly boys. Yeah. And most of my time in any math class, any physics class, even in philosophy, it was most, hmm. it was mostly men. Hmm. Um, I wasn't expecting that necessarily in, in philosophy, but almost every field I chose with the exception of theater, um, it was, it was me and, and mostly mm-hmm. men. And I think, you know, the visibility obviously of women in fields is really important, uh, it, particularly in these technology STEM fields and things like that. Um, but I think we also just have to blow up that whole lie that you're either left-brained or right-brained. Like you actually got both <laughs> and you utilize both. And there may be natural inclinations you have in certain areas or fields, but I guarantee you, if you have a natural inclination in an area, it's probably getting like, it, it's probably all integrated in a way that you haven't even been aware of yet. Because mm-hmm. like, I, you know, I'm, so I'm in technology. I, I, we, we build websites, we code. I am one of the most creative problem solvers on the team when it comes to coding. Like, I'll be like, oh, but couldn't we do like this, this, and this? And like the, my team now is they're better developers than I am, but they'll come back to me and they'll be like, yeah, that works. I would have never thought that, you know, like it's so obvious and so simple, but Hmm. like I, everyone was trying to solve it in a different manner. So we are utilizing that, that creative side of ourselves and that community, like the communication that we have to provide in everything that we do, like no matter what field it is. And, and even if you're in, I have a friend who's a copywriter, you know how data-driven her work is? It's phenomenally data-driven. And I love that about her. Like she's not just about writing the copy. It's about citing the right sources and making sure the right keywords are in there all of a sudden. Like it, there's so much more complexity mm-hmm. than we sometimes allow people to see at, you know, at the base level that, you know, we're raised to see in school. And so we're, we're getting, we're dealt this lie that you're one or the other, or that, you know, you're better with your left brain than your right brain, but that's, it's just not the case. We just need to yeah. stop telling ourselves that lie and know that it's like, it's, we are all integrated and it is all, it serves us better when right. we see how integrated it is. Yeah. It's really interesting. So people will be like, you're really good at math. And I'm like, Am I though? I just put beans in piles. (laughs) Taxes are not really math. Like they're really not. And accounting is not really math. I might use math to like solve why the bean, the piles don't, aren't the same, Mm -hmm. but like, it's not really math. Um, But it actually was very interesting because I became a birth doula after I was an accountant for so many years. And people are always like, you're an accountant. That's a birth doula. Like those are totally different. And I was like, you know, you'd be surprised. Yeah. It's really not that different because it's data. Mm -hmm. It's 
asking people, like trying to figure out what people's goals are and supporting them with the data yes, plus their goals. Exactly. And how they make decisions. Right. That's core. Like they're pretty much the same. Like I'm not like holding people's hands like physically or like holding them up physically, you know, yeah. <laughs> here, here on the accounting end, like it was on the doula end. I said, but it's all really the same. Like it's very similar to like walking business through business owners through things and understanding what they want and helping them to get there and like all of that. Like we're pretty much the same thing. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. just different sets of data. Um, and so that that's actually when I kind of like went, oh. Mm-hmm. really not that different. Yeah, no, it's really not. I think, I think core of what we're all doing is we're supporting and guiding someone through some process somewhere, mm-hmm. you know, and, and trying to understand where are they starting? Where do they want to go and help get them there? Yeah. And how do we make the best impact yeah. on how to mm-hmm. get them there? Yeah, it's huge. Um, and that, that's been a big, big one for me too lately. It's just like, okay, well, how do we make an impact? How do we yes. use what we know and what we're good at? to positively impact people? I think that's the best question we can be asking. And certainly the question that everyone in a STEAM field needs to be asking is just understanding the impact that they can have in those fields. Like what Mm -hmm. can be created? Mm -hmm. It's amazing. Yeah. And then there's creativity in that, right? What is the problem? How do I solve it? Um, You know, within our expertise. Awesome. All right. Um, before I ask my last question, where, where is the best place for people to find you? Uh, my website, alchemyandaim.com. Certainly, you know, contact form goes straight to me. I would like to tell people that. And then also I am sometimes on Instagram at Brandy Bernoski. That's my big, if you find me anywhere on social media, that's, that's where it's going to be. <laughs> I love it. Not TikTok. No, not TikTok. Not TikTok. <laughs> All right, Brady. Well, you get on there, you tell me, and then I will let you know. You let me know. <laughs> it's unlikely. All right. What is um, so? Last question. What is the one thing a business owner needs to be doing um, with their website to make more connections? Um, I actually don't think it's necessarily what they should be doing with their website. I think it's what they should be doing with their time. I love it. Yeah. I am going to say like the website is there kind of as a follow-up to the connections that you make in person. Mm -hmm. So just be aware that give people easy ways to connect with you on, on your website, like directly. Um, so that if you've made a connection prior to that, like it's just part of the process. It just facilitates it really easily and elegantly. Um, you don't want to hide how they should contact you or buy from you. Love it. Um, I'm going to go revamp my process. <laughs> <laughs> I'm all like stoked about this. I love this idea. Um, because, because we do it with skincare, which I think is just fabulous. You know, mm-hmm. it's like, you get to tailor the things to you. Yeah. How do we do that with services? You know, like they're doing it, like we're doing it with products. How can we how can we do that with services and like change? You can do it to some degree. Yeah. Change it, change the interaction. Some exactly from the get-go. I love this. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. Thanks for having me. This has been a fun chat. Thank you so much for listening or watching. Be sure to subscribe on YouTube, iTunes, or wherever you prefer to listen. If you learned something and found some useful information to apply to your business today, please consider giving us a thumbs up and a review until next week. Be abundant. Be abundant.